Welcome to episode two of Annie, Are You Okay? The official AJFFL weekly update podcast. This is episode two. We're back for our second episode, week one, the week one recap of the action in the league. We had a great uh, first episode last week. Thanks again to Tracy for joining us as our first special guest. He was an awesome uh, podcast guest, and we got another great one today. Uh, before we get to our, our special guest today, we'll do a little recap of everything that happened in the league. You know, Last week, we looked at the power rankings, and regardless of where you were on that list of 12, whether you were sitting at the top like Ryan or you were down near the bottom like Tyler, Steve, Tony, uh, I think in our heart of hearts, when the draft is over, we all believe my team can can win it all. My team is good. Regardless of what the power rankings say, uh, we know in our heart of hearts that we did a good job drafting and our players are the best players in the NFL. Uh, and hope springs eternal. That was me. That was you. And it took about uh, 36 hours this weekend for most of our hopes to just come crashing down. With a few exceptions, every one of our teams is trash. The season is over. Just like the New York Jets, uh, your high hopes were dashed upon the rocks literally within hours of the beginning of the season. Uh, And so welcome to the misery, the cynicism of uh, fantasy football and I guess real football. No, that's not true, guys. Don't, Don't believe it. It was a weird week. I went back and looked at week one last year because I had this recollection. Week one of fantasy last year was also a, a bad week. Uh, and it turns out that was true. It was super low scoring week one last year. A lot of weird performances and disappointing performances. Maybe it's just because starters are playing fewer and fewer reps in the preseason. And so week one is just almost like kind of dress rehearsal. And so if you're like starting quarterback is Joe Burrow, who just absolutely crapped the bed with like 82 yards passing for the whole game. I don't think that that's going to be the case for the rest of the season. Now, before I get into the uh, individual games, I want to start off this week's recap with the biggest loser of the week. The biggest loser of the week, you guys all know who I'm talking about. You know his name. It's Achilles. Achilles tendon, a.k.a. heel cord, a.k.a the calicaneal tendon. Uh, The Achilles tendon is a tendon at the back of the lower leg, and it's the thickest tendon in the human body. Uh, And it serves to attach the plantaris, the gastronymius, and the soleus muscles to the calcinus bone. Uh, These muscles acting via the Achilles tendon cause plantar flexion of the foot at the ankle joint. (laughs) Abnormalities of the Achilles tendon include inflammation, Uh, degeneration, and worst of all, rupture. Guys, you don't call it a tear. You call it a rupture because only a word like rupture can really convey the absolute uh, physical, psychological, and emotional devastation that comes from an Achilles rupture. Um, The Jets were flying high, just like many teams in this league. Let's uh, a Ryan Howe, a Casey Haig, for instance. I mean, all of their hopes were resting upon the shoulders of one man, one uh, elderly, conspiracy theory, non-showering, darkness-loving man named Aaron Rodgers. Uh, And within four plays, his Achilles tendon was ruptured. The Jets won that game, which is stunning. Such a great story for the Jets. Such a good, feel-good story on like a single-game basis. 
and their season is absolutely over. Uh, it doesn't matter that they won that game. It doesn't matter that their defense is elite. The second that Rodgers went down with that ruptured Achilles tendon, the season was over. And Aaron Rodgers' career is over, guys. I mean, he's the guy is 55 years old. Uh, you do not come back from an Achilles rupture when you're 55 years old. I'm buddies with a guy at our church who's like 25 years old and just uh, about a year ago ruptured his Achilles playing lacrosse with his lax bros, with his, with his bras, with his lax bras. He ruptured his Achilles, and I'm, guys, it's a year later, and I'll be darned if that guy isn't still walking around like kind of a weird dinosaur when I see him. You know, it's just he, he's been doing the rehab, and that thing is still not working. So Aaron Rodgers, 65 years old, he's not coming back from this injury. He's going to announce his retirement this week and sort of I don't, I don't know what he's going to do. He's probably going to be like sort of a troll on like the Pat McAfee show or something like he's just going to be a permanent troll on the McAfee podcast. And guys, Anthony Fauci warned us. He warned us that one of the side effects of COVID for people who don't get the vaccine is weaker Achilles tendons. And Aaron Rodgers, ancient boomer, MAGA, 85-year-old, Trump-loving Aaron Rodgers, uh ignored the warnings, ignored all the warning signs, neglected the vaccine, and now he's got the ruptured Achilles uh, as a result. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers, from a fantasy perspective, the loss didn't affect our league that much because it was like Steve and Tony's fourth quarterback on their roster. So say what you will, <laughs> say what you will about their drafting strategy, but but they've got plenty of depth at QB and, and the loss of Aaron Rodgers is not going to hurt them that bad. Um, but somebody who is going to be hurting because of an Achilles rupture is David Haig, who lost J.K. Dobbins to an Achilles rupture as well. And when you're a 25-year-old running back uh, who ruptures your Achilles, you, you might as well be a 95-year-old quarterback because J.K. Dobbins' season, probably next two seasons, and really his career is over. I, in, in all seriousness, I feel bad for JK and uh, he he's on the last year of his rookie deal. It's hard to imagine a team signing him to be a starting running back in the NFL in the future. So this ain't a keeper league. This ain't a dynasty league, but I feel like we're not going to be hearing much positive news about JK Dobbins anymore. And David thought that his team was going to be pretty good this season. And then someone came along and said, JK, all right, and with that, let's get into the game-by-game uh, -game scores this week, starting with the closest matchup. You know, our closest matchup in the league was uh, still a 15-point score differential when it was all said and done, which I think means that this week was kind of feast or famine. There were, there were not any close games, and there really uh, were, were, were not a lot of kind of middle ground scores. You either did pretty well if you had one of a few players uh, or your team looked like absolute trash. So join the club if that's you. The closest the closest matchup was between Skank Squad, managed by Chuck, and uh, Punt You in the Eye, managed by Ryan. Uh, Ryan was sitting at the top of the power rankings uh, last week, and now he's sitting near the bottom of the actual rankings this week. Ryan, it was, it was a tough, tough loss for Ryan after he was probably flying high. Pretty impressive that Ryan got 25 points out of Christian McCaffrey and still managed to only score 70 points total. To be fair to Ryan, I think his team is going to be okay. 
the Cowboys-Giants game was over in about four minutes. And so Dak Prescott didn't have to do anything. Ryan, I, f- I feel for you on that one, man. I had I have Dak on my other fantasy team, and he just didn't even have to play. Pretty good performance from Alexander Madison. Uh, your your wide receivers struggled, and I feel I feel bad for you, dude. That Cooper Cup is on the IR because yeah, your, your remaining wide receivers are are questionable at best. Uh, meanwhile, Chuck got a solid performance out of Justin Herbert. Nick Chubb, David Montgomery. Chuck is starting Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery, uh, which is an interesting strategy, but at least uh, this week, and honestly, it looks like in future weeks, it's going to work for him. So Chuck defeating uh, Ryan and punch you in the eye. Next up, we've got, let's see here. Next up, we've got Tua Infinity and Beyond defeating uh, Changes in Yarditudes. That's Jamie defeating Patrick 104 to 78. Patrick is you're just not going to win any games this season if Joe Burrow is only going to throw for 82 yards and score three points. I don't think that that's going to continue to be the case. I do think it might continue to be the case, Patrick, that Drake London scores zero points every week um, because Arthur Smith is the biggest shart of an NFL coach. If you just look at the guy and, and look at that that mustache and that kind of um, soft and shallow chin. He just doesn't look like he should be coaching a football team. And I don't think that by the end of the season, he will be coaching a football team. But the NFC South is pretty bad. So who knows? The thing about Arthur Smith, Patrick, is that he hates wide receivers. And he, and he hates anyone who has like made a living thus far in their athletic career like catching footballs. So he'll throw the football to a guy like a running back who doesn't normally catch a football. He saw Kyle Pitts, and he's like, well, he's not really like a wide receiver, so maybe we'll throw him the football every once in a while. And he just he hates Drake London and all wide receivers. Michael Pittman looking like a good addition for you, though, Patrick, and I think brighter days are ahead. Meanwhile, Jamie, two uh, through for 466 yards and three touchdowns, and the Miami Dolphins look really, really good. You actually didn't get that much out of Jalen Waddle this week, but I think that you're going to get some sweet weeks with the two Tua uh, Waddle stack and Jamie's team looks really good after one week he's got some good solid wide receivers and and just enough at uh at RB with the exception of DeAndre Swift Jamie we don't have time to talk about that but whatever next matchup this one hurts me I think this is the most important loss of the week David and uh, Birmingham City FC defeated Koopa Cup AI aberration whose manager shall remain nameless. That idiot manager thought that it was a cool idea to start Geno Smith instead of Anthony Richardson, uh, and he's not going to make that mistake ever again. And I'm looking at my wide receivers just thinking like, what? I remember coming away from the draft feeling pretty good about my team, and now I'm looking at my wide receivers like, what is this pile of dog crap that I drafted? Meanwhile, David didn't even need Lamar to do anything. Tyreek Hill scored 41 points. Like, what the heck am I going to do if I'm playing Tyreek Hill and he drops 41 points? So good win for you there, David. Proud of you, man. Keep up the good work. Uh, Next up, we have C.D. Lambros of Milan, managed by Zan, defeating Tyler Eshragi's Saudi Fantasy Fund. 
112 to 81 is the final score. Tyler's got to be feeling good about Deshaun Watson, and he's got to be feeling good about his Cleveland Brown. Well, I mean, feeling good about Deshaun Watson in sort of the fantasy sense, not in like the moral, ethical sense. But he's got to be feeling good about Deshaun's performance for his team as well as for the Browns. Tyler is a real-life Browns fan, a long-suffering Browns fan. And at least for one game, the Browns looked legit. Offense solid. Defense looked really good. Garrett Wilson got you some points, Tyler, but who knows what the rest of his season is going to look like. Yeah, meanwhile, Zan, I mean, Zan, j- just like Zan in real life, Zan's fantasy team is just like, it's just solid. Like, it's just solid. Just so many guys in like the mid to high teens. Jacoby Myers with a weird standout performance. Zan, I don't know if you saw that coming or if you just got lucky. Um, now he's he's concussed. He got his head knocked off at the end of that game. But Zan's team looking pretty good. Zan looking as smart as he pretty much always does. Next up, the penultimate matchup. Tracy, last week's special guest, powering up on Steve and Tony. Z and T time. Team Lasso pulling out the victory 112 to 78. And Tracy's Trevor Lawrence, Calvin Ridley stack is looking pretty good. We said last week that Tracy was going to live and die by Brees Hall's performance. Uh, and at least for one week, Brees Hall's performance was spectacular. 83-yard run, almost scored a touchdown at the end. It would have been even better for you, Tracy. But you got a good-looking team. Meanwhile, Steve, Tony, fortunately, Josh Allen is your starting quarterback and not Aaron Rodgers. Rough week for Josh Allen, but he's going to be okay. Justin Jefferson, solid performance. I think you guys are going to be fine. Hey, Steve, if you're listening to this, this part is especially for you. Everyone else, tune out. This is just for Steve. Steve, don't do it. Don't do it, man. Every year, after like one or two weeks, you have a slow start, and then you drop like one or two of your studs. Uh, And so this feels like the kind of week where you might overreact and you might kick James Cook to the curb or do not drop Najee Harris, Steve. Do not drop Isaiah Pacheco, okay? Don't drop these guys. I know you're thinking about it. Don't do it. Okay, everyone else, welcome back. Last but not least, the only member of this league who lost his first round draft pick to injury before the season even started turns out to be this week's high score and he was letting us know in the team in the in the league text thread. Austin Howe and the Pod Don't Lie absolutely curb stomping Casey Haig and Hurts so good. I think Casey was like near the top, like one or two in our power rankings last week. And now he is just in the absolute pit of despair after this game. And Austin annihilated him, beat him by 84 points, tripled Casey's score. He tripled Casey's score. That's 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 rough. Austin, of course, getting a good performance out of Mahomes, but Aaron Jones and Brandon Ayuk both went nuclear. That Ayuk pick is looking really, really good for you, Austin. Uh, he looks like he is uh, going to ascend to like wide receiver one stud level this season. Meanwhile, Casey, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins, when they get you 6.6 total fantasy points together and Higgins drops a a goose egg, you're you're not going to win. But I I don't think that's going to happen in the future. So you should be all right, man. And uh, Antonio Gibson, he he may be in the long-term doghouse after his fumble, Casey. So you got some work to do, man. Don't give up. I think you can still turn it around. Those are the updates for this week. Keep up the good work, guys. Work the waiver wire. Uh, Don't give up. The season is young. You can do this. Any team can still win this thing. All right, we're welcoming into the AJFFL studio now this week's special guest, 
the lowest scoring team by a pretty substantial margin. Uh, Casey Haig, manager of Hurts So Good. Casey, are you okay, man? Not great, to be honest with you, Trip. This kind of sucks. <laughs> you know, I was excited to hear this next week's pod. I was curious about how you're going to select your next guest. You know, I was going through the people in my mind. You know, you have Tracy, who's like just made to be a podcast guest. And then I'm chosen. So I, you know, I hope to continue the momentum of the fun that it was. Um, I'm pretty disappointed. I feel very similar to the Jets right now with Aaron Rodgers. Mm. He went in with hopes so high, and I just tore my Achilles, and, you know, hopefully I can (laughs) get back in the game pretty soon. Well, first of all, man, you're selling yourself short as a a podcast guest. I I think that you're a funny and enjoyable person, so I'm expecting this to be, I mean, one of our best episodes ever, I think. The uh, High bar. (laughs) (laughs) The Jets analogy... It might be. I'm not sure if you're quite as uh, screwed as they are. I think you still have a chance, whereas I think the Jets' season might have ended four plays into the season last night. Um, Very true. I started the conversation with Tracy last week with a um, with an, an an Annie Jones original connection, and I was thinking. I mean, you're you're one of the earliest members of the Annie Jones football squad. Something Tracy said last week prompted to me, you know, I think we would, we would go out there and basically play football until one of the Hague boys started crying. And that was usually when, yeah. <laughs> that was usually when the game was over. Yeah. I think I started that rule probably. <laughs> I feel like it was Jamie oftentimes, but I think every, every Hague boy contributed. And I'm not going to say that the other boys out there yeah. weren't crying at different points too. I mean, my opening question is, did you cry as you saw what was unfolding for your team and do you want us to just shut the league down for the year? You know, I, I I definitely have, was an emotional kid. I attribute going out West sometime my freshman year in high school um, to really toughening me up. But, you know, I've since been getting more in touch with my emotional side and uh, I came close, you know, Especially whenever I saw that T. Higgins scored zero points for me after that whole thing of drafting him and Jamar Chase. You know, it just really hurt that I didn't take advantage of trading with you last week. But, you know, not quite shedding a tear, but I came close for sure. I mean, this was, and and not not to pile on here, that's obviously not my motivation, but this maybe was... No, I mean, go ahead. It might be the worst performance in Annie Jones football uh, history. So I, I mean, in some ways, that's a real distinction to be proud of in, because um, you're, you're a pretty consistently solid performer in this league. Like you do pretty well yeah. year over year. And, um, and this league's been going for a while. And this, I think, is maybe the lowest total team score for a week. It's definitely in like the top three. So in a way, that's... Yeah, I feel like we should start our own like opposite <laughs> of trophy where we just have like new records of abysmalness, uh-huh. right? And uh, I, I'm fine with it starting with this week. The Hall of you Shame. Know? Yeah, it hurts so good. 40-something points. But yeah. I was looking, and the closest person to me in the league was almost 50% more than my score, <laughs> if not more. Yeah. It's just impressively bad. That said... This was a tough week in the real NFL, and I don't think that your team is the worst one in our league. Uh, like I, I think, I think you're going to be 
better than this. So, I mean, let's look at what happened here. I didn't realize at the time of the draft that Charbonnet is basically your second running back. I think that he's good, but he didn't, he didn't get much run. This I week. think P Ryan is going to help me. I don't know. My running back core was really bad. And for some reason I put way too many in my flex spots. I don't know. Just a lot of mistakes. I would just go through it and just talk about how low everybody was, but it was pretty much my entire team. Just the so. whole team. I mean, I'm trying to, I think the bright spot is the jets are going to have to run more now that Zach Wilson is their quarterback. So Dalvin cook's probably going to be all sure. right. There's no way that T Higgins ever scores zero points again. That that was an anomaly. Well, there's a will, there's a way, man. <laughs> I don't. Joe Burrow threw for like 80 yards. That that's unheard of. That's true. And um, and I think the Seahawks. Who you were you were riding with Charbonnet and Lockett, and I think I heard the Seahawks got like 12 total yards in the second half. Yeah, just a, just a rough week for you. And and Hertz didn't really need just to. Remarkable. Yeah, Hertz didn't need to just like explode. Your, your team's your team's gonna be okay, man. Yeah. I definitely enjoyed going up against Austin this week, who scored the highest amount of points and also gloated the most. Uh-huh. I'm really looking forward to this whole league leveling out throughout the season. <laughs> yes, because there, there's a few... I mean, first of all, if you're going to have a 40-point week, why not get it the guy who scores 130 points out of the way? You know, It would sure. hurt so much more if you're t- two points behind him. And, um, so and if there's one rule that just is like an unbreakable, sort of an unthwartable rule of this league, it's that the, the one of either Austin or Ryan is going to come out of the gate chirping you know, just talking mm-hmm. trash, and then it's gonna, um, mm-hmm. it's gonna fall apart in dramatic fashion. Look forward to Austin. It. Austin was quick to let us know. Mm-hmm. We'll see if this maintains. This podcast is gonna come out after the waivers. You, you have any waiver priorities? What do you, what do you think your team? What do you? Anything is uh, the answer to that question. <laughs> anything would be helpful. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> when you're in the bottom uh, of the pit, yeah, there's nowhere yeah, to go but up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just start trying stuff. No, I honestly, I, I, I put in some waiver claims. I, I don't remember what they are, but um, I'm looking forward to seeing if I get someone that actually helps me. I feel like these early weeks are definitely where it comes about, where it's either a rookie that pops or someone got hurt and that needs to then have someone come in behind them that is going to be good for the rest of the season. You, uh, one thing I want to use this podcast for is to give our special guests, who at least at the beginning of the season will probably be the low scorers, an opportunity to put like a trade desire out there into the ether to make it publicly known. Sure. Any player that you're looking to get rid of or acquire, get rid of is not the right word. Are you looking to capitalize on just a trade that's going to be mutually beneficial for you and someone else? Honestly, T Higgins is probably, or Jamar Chase. If there was a similar level, I definitely don't want to be trading one guy for like 25 cents on the dollar. You know, four quarters does not equal a dollar in a trade, you know, yeah. um, maybe 50, 250 cents. We'll, we'll go for a dollar a little bit better if, if there was a 50 cent piece, but yeah. you know what I'm saying? There are some members of this league that are going to come at you with like a, just a f- five or six crappy guys off their bench. And I'm not going to name any names as to who would do that. But yeah. the but guy somebody, that's on this uh, <laughs> podcast right now, other than me, there's people in this league who are notorious for doing that. And don't just settle for, uh, yeah. yeah. Like if somebody were to come, I'll, I'll give you um, an injured Christian Watson and four other guys off my bench. Don't yeah, take appreciate that, that trip. Yeah. Benefit for the guys who listen to this podcast. Casey is basically saying he wants to move one of these stud Bengals wide receivers. So yeah, come make a good offer. He's fielding offers. 
he's not just going to take any old offer. He's going to get a lot of offers and yours better be the best offer. That's right. Come and get it. So maybe, maybe an RB is what Casey's looking for. Yeah. I have a bunch of mediocre RBs right now. Yeah. So, um, get, just give it, give us an update, man. What's going on in your life? How's the family? How old are the kiddos now? I think you guys went, you guys moved pretty recently. Just tell us what's going on in the life of Casey Haig. Yeah. So we just, uh, bought a house over in the Lockmere area. We moved from living right next to Tracy and Pam, which was a real bummer. I think it's been a really great decision for us in terms of just our our sanity and space away from the kids. Uh, we now can be in separate rooms, report, record podcasts without interruption, you know, that type of thing. It's going to be great for your podcasting so, career. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But uh, we, we have three kids. Mac just started uh, kindergarten. He's five, Ben is in preschool, he's three, and Emmy's one. So it is just ludicrous around here. My dad, growing up, would always refer to this time as the brain dead years. And uh, I 100% understand that now. (laughs) I don't really know what's going on, just putting one foot in front of the other and making things happen. That's good Doug Haig wisdom right there, man. Yeah, the brain dead years, uh, that's resonating in a in a in a yes. special way for me yeah just i, I work for a, a small startup now i'm working on a medical device for for treating pancreatic cancer and uh meredith is kind of part-time at home with uh working as a pt still so we're really involved in our church um growing vintage west it's been really cool to be a part of a church plant it's been a little bit different but that's awesome man yeah. Where is where is Vintage West? I, I remember hearing about that, but where are you guys meeting? We meet at an uh, elementary school called Laurel Park off of Laura Duncan and Old Apex. Yeah. It's been kind of weird to be that close to, to peace where we grew up going to church. But I am, I've actually been thinking about starting up another Annie Jones touch football league after church on Sundays because we're that close that we could actually do that. So I think... I think our kids, when our kids get a little bit older, I'll start pulling in the different dads to go over and play. The tradition lives yeah. on, man. Oh, yeah, dude. I think, man, the, the brain dead years thing resonates with me. It's like I, I've been thinking a lot since Charlie was born that basically for my whole life up until parenthood, I think that I sort of defined success on a single spectrum or a single trajectory. And so success mm-hmm. was making good grades. So you go to good college, so you get a good job, so you get a good salary. So mm-hmm. you're successful and significant at your job. And then kids come along and, and sort of what a good and successful and loving life looks like becomes multidimensional. And it's just sort of like yeah, when they're three, five, you know, you're, you're just not going to be the best at your job that you could be. And that's really hard for me, but, but that's okay because success is multidimensional. And I see how our dads made that choice, like made that sacrifice and that, that hits home, man. I remember distinctly growing up whenever my dad made the choice to start working at 7 a.m. so that he could be home by like 3.30, 4. Mm. And he was just around even though most of our time in high school was spent yelling at each other, you know, it, it was meaningful that I was yelling at someone and not just the wall. I definitely have put boundaries in my life relative to making sure that I'm there for my kids 
because of a lot of the ways that our parents have influenced us. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I deeply feel that the, the multifaceted nature, it's like, you want to be good at your job. You want to be good as a husband. You want to be good as a leader at church. You want to be good as a dad. You want to be good as a friend. Part of this podcast is making sure that we're good as friends to each other in a kind of a weird, but awesome way. Mm -hmm. Um, there's just a lot of things to optimize. And I think recently what God has been teaching me is that I'm going to screw up and that uh, it's okay because he still loves me and he is my foundation. And yeah. I don't know, it just has freed me up to just try things, try and do something without making sure that it's perfectly thought out because it's the right thing to do, but maybe not necessarily as easy for me or as natural for me as it, it could be. Preach it, man. Like getting on a podcast and talking to my buddy about what I'm learning from Jesus. So I love that, man. Maybe the maybe the point isn't optimization. Maybe the point is dependence, neediness. And yeah. That's that's a narrative that I don't like, but I'm thinking maybe more and more is, is true. Yeah. My counselor specifically pointed it out to me to start to meditate on meditate on Psalm twenty three. What has been ministering to me has been the end of it where it says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I read another translation. It was like, surely goodness and mercy will pursue me. And it's like, wait, pursue me or follow me? And it's actually just the word actually means to pursue. Right. And just understanding that God, good, goodness and mercy in God is going to follow me and pursue me all the days of my life, that I don't have to worry about God loving me or not. He's He's chasing after me. And I don't know, just resting in that recently has been really, really good. That's a good note to end on, I think, ma'am. We're thankful for you, dude. I'm thankful for you. I'm glad you're in this league. I'm glad you're my, uh, my lifelong friend, ma'am. I don't say that lightly. For sure anything you want to sign off with? I think that was a great note to end on, but um, any, any, I mean, not, not to bring things back down into the muck and the mire, but anybody you want to talk trash to, or just kind of shoot your shot across the bow. You know, I'm just looking forward to Austin's demise. That's really all it is. Um, <laughs> watching him get his hopes up and then just come crashing back down to earth. That'd be really <laughs> great. So I'm looking forward to hearing your commentary on the rest of the field as well this week, because I'm sure I'm not the only one that was trash. I mean, both me and Ryan, uh, who were the top two in the, the projected last week, are top uh, in failure this week. So it's gonna, that's right, man. It's going to be a good season. It's early. That's the takeaway from the podcast this week, boys. It's early. It's early yet. And, uh, and, and there's still hope. Talk yourself off that ledge. You can still win. Thanks for, thanks for talking to us, Casey. We love you, man. We're glad you're in this for league. Sure. And, um, and we'll talk to you soon. Love you, too. Later, brother.